Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is Monday, January 8th, 5.31 p.m. My name is Josh Mullenix. On today's pod, a new set of AP Top 25s, a preview of Tuesday's slate. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Doring is here with me. Josh, not a single, I believe, not a single high major college basketball team playing on this Monday evening. So naturally, we look ahead and we talk about the AP Top 25s and a men's poll that apparently Purdue hasn't done enough to be a unanimous number one team in the AP poll. But apparently, but what do I know? What do I know? Uh, Purdue number one, of course, but uh, not unanimously on this Monday afternoon. I believe. I also believe Kansas still got a vote. Uh, they yes, they did. They did receive points uh, for the number one team in the AP poll for reasons beyond comprehension. Sure. The, the biggest thing for me, and then there's a more controversial part that should be discussed later, but Houston jumped Kansas because both teams play basketball games and one team looked better than the other one playing in the same conference. This should happen way more often than it does, regardless of I can't stand the obsessing over wins and losses, especially in this sport. Mm. Obviously, it's important. But the way you win and the way you lose also matters. Especially when the margins between team two and team three or team 17 and 18 in the AP poll are so slim. This should be a thing that when you look that good and you're Houston and Kansas looks that shaky and needs a controversial call to survive against a team that nobody is voting into the AP top 25. Mm-hmm. It's not like Kansas should be moving down to 14 or something, but Houston should absolutely be jumping them. So I wanted to at least start and applaud that because I was a huge fan of that development. We're gonna we we're gonna we're gonna learn about Houston soon. Sure. They're kind are. of this they're kind of this sleeping giant. I don't know if sleeping's the right word. I don't know if giant's the right word, but it's a team that is just kind of this big in big bold letters. Houston's still undefeated. They're number one at Kempom. When they've played quality opponents, they've beat them, not convincingly necessarily. Their two best wins are Xavier and Texas A&M, two games that they won by a combined 10 points. Beat Dayton pretty solidly. That's a good win. But... At some point, like they're going to get into the thick of this Big Twelve schedule, and we're gonna we're gonna find out pretty soon. Right. But it's an interesting conversation because Houston, nobody has any doubts about how good Houston is when they're undefeated. Just in general, like they've they, they've been there before. It's not like an Ole Miss team that's bad in the metrics, and or a team even like FAU where you're not really sure how far dropping them is fair, how far bumping them up is. Fair, you know, we've been here with Houston a bajillion times, 
but at the same time, they haven't had that like super marquee matchup that that we've seen them kind of dominate or do something uh, that's really like, whoa, Houston might just be that good. But all things on the advanced side of things suggest that indeed Houston is in fact that good. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and find out. But they have looked more impressive than Kansas, even though Kansas's resume is more impressive at this point. Sure. Especially when you're that close to start with and the way things played out this weekend happens. Uh, also, shout out to the Mountain West, three teams in the top 20. There you go. The other thing I wanted to at least touch on, <laughs> speaking of Florida Atlantic, those last three teams, but specifically Texas, very fortunate to be ranked. I've seen a lot of outrage about this. It does not make sense. I, FAU is interesting because they've done a complete 180. They're now a big enough deal where they can survive these bad losses because they have some high-profile wins and they've played such a good non-conference schedule. Uh-huh. But if they keep losing these games in the AAC, you can't keep ranking them. They're right. They're doing the opposite of last season where they beat everybody they were supposed to. Now they're showing they can play with anybody, and now they're losing to Charlotte too. Yeah, it's very strange, but. If we're talking about the AP poll, we got to talk about the end of it because this just does not make sense, especially Texas. Yeah, real quick before we get to Texas, let's say that next week Florida Atlantic loses to Tulane on the road. Tulane is 110th at Kempom. That's a team better than the two teams that they've lost to in the last 10 days, according to Kempom. Can you, can you rank Florida Atlantic again? No. Like you can't, right? I mean, unless they die, I mean, I guess maybe maybe you can in the last two weeks of the season if they beat Memphis handedly twice, assuming that Memphis is still a team that's. No, I'm talking the rest. Oh, you're, of the you're saying you're saying long term. Yes. Oh, sure. If if they run the table after that. Yeah. Are you very sure? I believe if they, Memphis, if, they so, yes. if they lose if they lose to Tulane and they've lost three or four to FGCU, East Carolina, Charlotte, and Tulane. And the best team that they play until February 22nd is to, is is North Texas. I'm not sure they're back in my top 25 until they beat Memphis. Well, I would, I would agree with that. I thought you meant by the end of the season. Well, yeah. it was originally end of the season, but then I saw Memphis twice on their, on their schedule uh, at the end of yes. the season. Right, if you right, get right. to that point, you've beat Memphis twice, or maybe then, even once, then yeah. yes. Yeah, but, before the Memphis game, I would I would probably agree with that if they drop one more. Yeah. It's interesting it, just how different, you know, if you asked me after they, you know, after they beat Arizona, if they would ever sniff missing the top 25 the rest right. of the season, I'd call you crazy. It took a week and a half. Right. And they I'm, probably, I'm, until those Memphis games, like you're probably not going to see yeah. – FAU in the top 15 again until right. February. I'm a big believer in the consistency part of this and avoiding qu- bad losses. Mm-hmm. And they are one of the prime examples of bad losses so far this season. So as much as I want to back them, I can't contradict my own philosophy here. Those losses should not have happened. They should be penalized for it. So what does Texas need to do to to drop out of the top 25? Just like not field a team? <laughs> yeah, just forfeit? Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm just trying not to get too worked up about it because ultimately it's just not a big deal. 
-hmm. But it is not a good look for the AP voters. No. It is not. Not a good look for that. I would like to go through. I'm going to go through. Not now. I'm going to go through and see. Because, like, there has to be. I got to know how high some people were put in Texas. Somebody had them because, at 11, I think I saw. Because there are there are AP voters on this list, and I'm looking at the list right now. There are people that I know aren't going to look at what Texas has done and rank them 25th. So I got to find the people who are keeping them inside the top 25. I got to find them, and I need Gary Parrish to bring back the the poll. Poll attacks? Full attacks, yeah, absolutely. Because Texas being in the top twenty-five is is actually wild. Okay, women's top twenty-five. Anything else on the men's? No. On the women's side of things, uh, South Carolina fourteen and zero. They stay right there. Not unanimous number one team in the AP poll this week, though. How about that? There you go. Uh, UCLA receiving one first place vote. They are also fourteen and zero. The fighting Caitlin Clark's up one spot to number three Baylor up two spots to number four. And the biggest shift here near the top, Josh is uh, NC state falling to 14 and one on the season after a loss to Virginia tech, they fall from third in the polls to sixth. Yeah. You mentioned the things I wanted to hit on. Not as much the NC state part of it. That seems like a reasonable drop. Mm-hmm. On the Virginia Tech side of this, though, Virginia Tech is 12-2 and with losses to Iowa and LSU. They just beat previously undefeated NC State. They moved up mm. two spots. Mm. They're still not in the top 10. Now, to be fair, I also started lo- really looking at it because I was so initially outraged. And then I went, well, if you look at all of the teams in the top 10, they're either undefeated or they have for the most part, really high quality losses and only one of them. Mm-hmm. So then my outrage kind of subsided a little bit. It's just interesting to me that this team that made the final four last year, that was highly thought of preseason because they brought back their two best players, somehow got punished so badly that they can't even get back into the top 10 after asserting themselves as the early front runners in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I also get why. Because I couldn't, in good conscience, probably put them ahead of any of the teams they're behind anyway. Just the gap between 11 and 12 is massive. I just found that interesting. Yeah, they started at 8th in the AP poll before the season started. That's always kind of the first thing I I end up going to is, okay, why is this team lower than they should be? Or why is this team higher than they should be? I think what you're pointing out there is probably is probably fair. And when you kind of get it right, it's the whole, okay, you want to take this team out. You want to put this team in, who are you taking out? Right. 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 You want to add this team, this dude to first team, all NBA, who are you taking out first team, all America, who are you taking out? And it might just be, you know, of course you have two undefeated teams, the two teams that they've lost to. So that's four of the 10 spots right there already. And then teams, well, five of the 10, right? You got three undefeated teams. Excuse me, three undefeated teams. My bad. Three of the three undefeated teams, and then the two teams that they had lost to, and then you take a look, and everybody else has been just as convincing, and only has one loss. Right. So, right. 
less of a it, it's probably more of a recency bias than anything else like did you just did you just watch that team that that team right there um and i'd be curious if if you asked people to to rank who they thought the best teams in the country were regardless of resume or you know the the way the ap poll works i bet you find people ranking virginia tech higher than 12th yeah it is it makes it made more sense when i actually looked at it it's just a kind of a tough break and then the other thing i want to mention all this talk about obviously south carolina iowa lsu ucla with what they're doing baylor is just out here racking up top 25 wins sure this is what Nikki Cohen is doing is very impressive. This team is very, very good. I am intrigued to see how long they can keep this up. Just they were not part of the conversation at the beginning of the season. Now, to be fair, NC State really wasn't either. And obviously, they've been top three most of the year. Mm-hmm. You weren't necessarily looking at UCLA, right? We were talking about the Iowas and the LSUs and the South Carolinas and the Yukons, but wanted to give a shout out to the the Baylor Bears because they're doing some work right now, too. Convincing too. Yes. Not just yes. I mean, number 24, Miami, 75-57. Number 5, Texas, 85-79 to on the road. Number 23, TCU, 71-50. They just beat up on Houston in their most recent win. So, um, And you can go all the way back to Utah in the second game of the season that they beat by 7 or 8. So uh, not, barely, not barely getting by in those games either for the most part. Uh, Winning them pretty convincingly. Yeah. Tuesday slate on the men's side of things. Like we said, tonight was grim with all due respect to those teams who are playing tonight. But as you mentioned earlier, as we mentioned earlier, Houston, we're going to find out part of it starts on Tuesday. They are at Hilton Coliseum. They are in Ames to take on Iowa State. Yeah, this is the weird complete 180 with Houston's schedule where they didn't really play a tough non-conference in part because they're going to get gone through the big 12 and they got the easiest game on their schedule first in terms of conference. Uh-huh. Now they've got the real ones. You know, this Iowa state team just went toe to toe with Oklahoma and were competitive. They're a team that's very much in the NCAA tournament conversation. That's a really tough place to play. Still fully expect Houston to win, but this is the first welcome to the big 12 can you do this night in and night out, not just in a game here, in a game there? Can you have that consistency when every team basically on your schedule can beat you? So, yeah, really looking forward to this one. We're going to learn something here. One of my biggest questions about Houston in the Big 12 is, does Houston have that, oh my gosh, Houston just scored 49 points in a game in them. Is that in this Houston team somewhere? And if it is in Ames against a top five defense in the country per Kempom is one of those places it could happen. And we'll see what happens because if it is like, I mean, Iowa state, that's still a sub 50 offense nationally. Obviously the defense is the strength of TJ Otzelberger's team, but like that could be a place where you're like, okay, let's stop and take a, a beat and and maybe talk about Houston's offense. It hasn't happened. It hasn't really happened. I mean, 65 against Towson. Um, 
66 against Xavier, but that was on the road. Like there hasn't been one of those games yet. And not that I would necessarily bet on them having one, but if it's going to happen at some point in the big 12 schedule, this is a pretty good candidate for it to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. LJ Carter's got something to do with that. Don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> Dog. Um, couple other things on the schedule, Colorado state. At Boise State, uh, the Rams coming off a loss to Utah State on the road. So going at Boise State, that's definitely not a cakewalk either. Um, Purdue heads to Kese Tominaga Court <laughs> in Lincoln to take on Nebraska. That's a Nebraska team that's 12-3, and 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. And listen, Purdue went to Northwestern and lost this year. And I'm not totally sure that Northwestern is better than Nebraska. So, and if you get Kasey Tominaga going at Kasey Tominaga court, then just ask Indiana about how long of a night it is when he's running around, pumping up the crowd. And you're just like, I can't, why can't we stop this kid? Um, it, um, it's, it'll at least be interesting. And Pen- walking into Pinnacle bank, ain't nothing. No, I mean, on the Nebraska side, we talked about this. At some point, either they need to start winning road games or they need to start beating high-level opponents. Or else it's going to be a positive, improved season, but not as special as it could be. This is mm-hmm. a, one of your really good tests. Of course, nobody's expecting you to win this one, but I'm I'm with you that they're at least in the conversation as being on the same level, level as Northwestern, which means they can win this game. Yeah. Got to see if it happens. The other, the other couple, I know you are not as intrigued by BYU at Baylor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not unintrigued by BYU at Baylor. I just don't think BYU is going to win the game. Yeah, because they haven't proved to me that they can win that type of game yet. I am intrigued, though. I am intrigued. It's a, it's an opportunity for them to really change the narrative quickly if they do play well and win. Listen, I heard that. I heard. Still working on sources to confirm, but I heard that Mark Pope put the podcast on their whiteboard heading into the <laughs> Baylor game. That's what I've heard. I'm still working to confirm, but I've heard that we are bulletin board material for the Cougars right now. And then finally, the under-the-radar game for me, South Carolina at Alabama. Sure. South Carolina is just doing what they're supposed to, beating all of these teams they're supposed to. Clearly good. Again, similar to Nebraska, the question is how good can you do it consistently in conference play? This is one of those games that if you win in that building, you go, oh, this team might even be better than we think. Mm -hmm. And it's also early enough in the SEC season where you don't exactly know what to expect from them yet because, you know, they played Clemson pretty well, but they haven't played the most challenging schedule. So I'm very curious about this one because if they win this, Lamont Paris is in business, and this is going to get real yeah. interesting here to see just how far they can carry what this really good start to the season they've had. Anything else on Tuesday that that tickles your fancy? It's a good overall. Those were the ones that I kind of went with, but just generally speaking, it's a pretty good night of basketball. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you ought to be solid. We will be back here sometime on Tuesday evening to discuss it. Talk about the biggest stories from the day. Last but not least, Michigan or Washington? Huskies. Huskies. I'm in. And then we're going to have to wonder if maybe the next time Washington plays a really good team, they might actually be favored. 
I'm sure there are people that have made a, a pretty penny on betting Washington to beat other good teams yep. in the country this year. I, uh, I, mean, I don't get I don't get it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Who, who are you picking? I think I'm going to go Washington. I think I'm going to go Washington. Um, I think I, I kind of think that it's either going to be close or Washington's offense is just going to be a little bit too much to keep up with. So if the two options are Washington could win in a close game or Washington wins by a lot, then I should probably take the team that could win in both scenarios. So I'll go, I'll go with Washington. I just want it to be competitive. I really don't care who wins. Couldn't care less. Not going to act like I am following analyzing college football on any, you know, subsurface level whatsoever. So if it's up in the air with two minutes to go in the third quarter, seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy. That's why we have a college basketball podcast instead. That's that's facts, my friend. That's the Under 8 Podcast for Monday, January 8th. It's 5.52 p.m. Enjoy whatever you're going to do for the next few hours. Some college hoops, maybe. National championship game. Hope you enjoy. We'll meet you back here tomorrow evening to talk more college hoops. Until then, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. Follow the Under 8 on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you on Tuesday.